Okay, Anna, let me tell you a story. Let me set the scene, okay? Tell me, Felix. In late 2018, I was told about this musician in Cuba that was shaking things up literally. He was described to me as a mix between James Brown, Sly Stone, and Cuban big band singer Benny Moray. Fast forward one year, I'm at the South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin in 2019. I was going to present a show, and I included him on a showcase that Friday night. Wednesday night, I went to go see him perform at another venue. I was floored. I was stunned. All the years I've been going to South by Southwest, it was the first time I was completely laid out. So when he did our show Friday night, there was a line down the block, because word had gotten out, and he came out with his band and killed. And it's everything they said. James Brown, Sly Stone, Benny Moret, Cuban music, funk, Afro-Cuban music, rhythms, everything. The guy's name is Sima Funk, and that's who we're going to talk to this week. You're always bragging to me about all the really cool shows that you get to go to. And that's what made me feel so excited to see Seema Funk when he played at the NPR Music 15-year anniversary show. And you're 100% right. I mean, the way that his band just absolutely kills, they are incredible. It is like you cannot be in the room with them without going wild dancing. And I swear, it's it's all him. He's just got the rhythm in him. It's part of that continuum, that flow of Afro-Cuban music that starts in Cuba and then ends up mixing with music here in the United States. It happened in the 50s with jazz. It happened in the 60s with other forms of funk and rock and stuff. Sima Funk is part of that trajectory. And he's really consciously part of that trajectory, no? You're right. He's very conscious of his African roots. In fact, his name, Sima Funk, is a combination of Cimarron, which is a historic name for enslaved people who ran away and started their own small little secret towns in the hills after they escaped. And then funk. He's enamored, he's in love with 70s funk. And that name just brings all of that together. And in fact, closes a circle on the African diaspora between the United States and from the Caribbean. So he's very, very dedicated to telling that story, that history, while you dance your ass off. Let's just jump right into the interview. So I feel like I'm crashing the party a little bit because you guys have a special connection and had a little bit of a crazy night last night because you, Felix, played (laughs) with Seema Funk. Yeah. And that's not your first time, is it? No, it's a couple times already with the... With the band, they've been very gracious to let allow me to share their wonderful magic. <laughs> it is. It's. It's. it's so a I'm lot of fun. interviewing both of you. You're <laughs> okay. both coming in as the musicians today. <laughs> oh, this is Sima a good Funk one. and his conguero. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> and you guys were talking on our way up here. You were talking about some drummers. What were you talking about? We were talking about some of the cross fertilization between. African-American drummers here in the United States 
and the Afro-Cuban music and how some of the African-American drummers were studying Afro-Cuban music and then incorporated it into what they were doing. And then also mm. how some of the R&B drummers, the conga players ended up adapting the conga parts to the R&B drummers. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's it's a really, it's a very strong, especially during the Boogaloo era, 1960, then mid-60s, early 60s, and then how it transferred over to Motown. We were talking about Marvin Gaye, what's going mm. on. Those conga parts reflect a cross-fertilization of mm. Afro-Cuban and Afri- mm. African-American. amazing it's a, it's a beautiful song and I'm a big fan of Marvin mm-hmm. but yes what Felix says is so much of Afro-Cuban there and mm-hmm. you feel it in the in the group especially in the bridge when they made the bridge mm-hmm. they are making this this playing with the congas mm-hmm. and they don't don't shut up the 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 heat of the conga they do all open uh-huh. and now talking with Feli we just get to that to that conclusion that they was playing drum with the, the congas so he was telling me like a piece with the congas so it's it's great how they was doing that in that time because it was really strong the, the afro-cuban movement and all the african mm. movement and group that was developed in the in the states so it's it's great marvin gay was the pop guy from all of that wow it was the sweetness do you feel like a lot of people are aware of that crossover you both kind of have no but uh, but they feel it they feel yeah. it sometimes they don't know but you feel it, and that's pretty interesting and beautiful when you don't realize the things, but at some moment you bang, you see, and you you say, like, yeah, I've been feeling that since always, and that happened to me. Mm. I wasn't aware of how big was the roots of the Afro-Cuban music mm. in the whole uh, growth of the danceable mm-hmm. music in America. And mm-hmm. I was just doing music, my things, and doing my things, but once I start to know more and see more information and trying to understand the coincidence, I realized that, mm. that we have been everywhere. Mm. A group of the, of the Afro-Cuban body have been everywhere uh, for a long. So that's beautiful. When you discover that, you see, like, yes, it's great. What What did you start with then, con, con Afro-Cuban beats? <clears throat> like, what was your original, what was the music that you felt you had to express first? Well, the first, the first, first songs that I made was... Christian songs, <laughs> nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's a different type of, of songs, all ballad and sing. I was singing in a chair, like super calm. And then I start to make, I start to write, but really small things, but in reggaeton in my school before mm-hmm. the university. It was mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the fashion time of the reggaeton for the girls and sing. You, you just put your band of reggaeton together and you got all. And... And by yes, was after all that I started to wrote, to write more with conscience and, and seeing I was writing trova, mm. but also focusing the in the salsa and, and the song, this kind of thing. Yeah, I've been writing many, many things around around music, but always the Afro-Cuban have been in the house. We have been listening Bam Bam. We have been listening mm. Anda. We have been listening Akere all day long. So it's Chananganera, Pupi. So we got this. We got this since we kids. 
So the the bands you mentioned right now, those are all bands that came along in Cuba, maybe around the 90s or so, right? Yeah. But they were also absorbing and influencing rhythms and, and beats from the United States. They were incorporating Definitely. funk and everything. Definitely. I get it. I hear when I when I start to hear funk and, and I was like, I know this for some places, especially the percussion. And when I back to Iraqere again, it was amazing. Mm. It's amazing how they was cooking that and was really acid and speed funk mm. with the horns and crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And also Van Van. Van Van was making, for me, was making all this movement with the with the strings and with the and with the horns and you got all the beatles vibe in mm-hmm. the trombone and in the and in the string too and at the same time you got the rhythm change because what sango was he was doing yeah that is mm-hmm. another type of thing and you, you feel all the influence but it's another thing it's another thing so i grew up listening that music and that that influence it made me like understand a lot of things especially today because when I listen to that music today, I just feel that it's 100% connect to all that is happening now and all what is was happening before. You were always listening to this music, but was there a moment for you when you decided you wanted to incorporate a lot of these sounds that you're talking about in your own music? Did it feel natural? Was there a moment? Was it a time? What? When I do that more conscious was the beginning of, of my solo career. I stopped with the band that I was working that was calling Los Boys. And I was, I, I remember that I was in, in Le Menil, it's like a ski camp in France. So I was in that cold moment and started doing a ski the whole day, like obsessed with that. And when I arrived to the, to the house, I was calm in the living room. And I started to make this song called Revuelto. Lento, me despierto, ella está cerca, yo contento. Calor por fuera y amor por dentro. Ay de la vida, los buenos momentos. Entra el sol por la ventana, cantan aves en las ramas. Vivo dentro de un poema que se escribe en una cama. Mamá, ¿qué estás haciendo? Me siento revuelto, no entiendo qué es esto. I made the whole song in one hour or two hours. I was like, yo, it's, it's beautiful song. I should make more song like that. And the person that was with me there in the camp, she told me, you should make an album. You should make an album with this song. I was like, yo, are you sure? She said, yeah, yeah, you should make more, more, more songs. Like, okay, let's make an album. Then we back to Paris and we was living in the apartment and I was making songs all day, all day. But I wasn't focused on the rhythm. I wasn't focused on nothing. I just was, I was just creating the songs. Some idea came to me and I put the rhythm in the guitar and I put that and this go up, grow, and I started to put more rhythm and stuff. But nothing was conscious. My boy, for example, I was listening to a lot of Fela Kuti. At that moment, I get crazy with Fela. And I get crazy with all this groove of Fela and, and the chorus and the this kind of energy. So I start to try to understand the groove and trying to play that kind of groove. And I start to play with the kick and the tempo all the time. All I put the la clave, that kind of clave. And I start to put a couple elements. And without notes, without knowing, I end up making like a Afro-Cuban song, like some pilon, some stuff like that. And once I get that rhythm, I was like, this is no longer fella. I just go another way. Loco, loco, que estás a 
So I'm trying to picture this circle. So it's it's Cuban music by way of Nigeria with Fela, and then it comes out sounding U.S. funk. And yeah. don't forget, But he's in Paris. And he's in Paris. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was a crazy combination. It was yeah. a really special yeah. moment. Then I end up the album in Cuba. I back to Cuba, I rent an apartment. And I wow. was just cooking songs every day, all day long. All my friends coming to the farm and everybody just coming there to record all the ones to hear the music. Mm. I just cooked the whole album in that place and I finished it. And after that, everything started to happen. Being in Paris at the time, mm. how long had you been there? Because you mentioned how you, you know, you're pulling from all these different mm. sounds, none of which were like where you were from. Mm. Like you weren't initially set out to be like, I'm going to make Afro-Cuban beats. So did it feel kind of like a coming home for you to when it came out like that? Like, when, were you expecting that? Yeah, well, I, not, it doesn't matter where I've been. I should, I've been traveling since 2015, since God and, and life and music. I've been traveling and I never feel in home anywhere. <laughs> just feeling home in Cuba. So I, um, it doesn't matter if in Paris or whatever. It's just I, I realized that I got to do something that I know how to do. And it's nothing else that I can like understand better than the things that mm -hmm. I grew up with, all the sounds that I grew up with, all that scene. I try to keep touch to that. It doesn't matter where I am. Mm. It doesn't matter where I'm gonna create or stuff. I try to keep that. That's the weapon. The music is home for you. That's how you mm. bring home with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I interviewed a Brazilian musician once who had been in New York for you know 25 years. And he said that he never felt more Brazilian until he was out of Brazil mm. and had to call it from within himself yeah, to create that music. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. That's happened. Yeah, it's like the thing that lives within you. Mm. You have to put it out there because That's you have to build that somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. What's fascinating to me is how mathematically, you know, music is numbers, music is math, right? Mm. But mathematically, the R&B and funk works with the Cuban beats and rhythms, right? Oof, the, the clave, loud. right? They fit perfectly. They superimpose over each other perfectly. Mm -hmm. And like you said, N.E.G. La Banda, uh, Los Van Van, some of those bands experimented with that. And we're very, very successful with that. Definitely. Yeah. That's universal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the key and that's the magic and that's what makes that music work and, this mu and your music work is the fact that the numbers match up. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, musically, mm -hmm. it... it It matches up. Slightly different emphasis on different beats, right? Mm -hmm. And when you put them together, it just, it's unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're taking a quick break from this interview. We'll be back with the good stuff in just a moment. That's what I was saying before when we were talking. When I've had the great opportunity to play with you guys, I can listen to the drummer I can listen to the you know the other percussionists. I can listen to the bass player, the guitar player. Everybody's playing at some point. They're they're either playing a Cuban style or they're playing funk mm. or they're playing. So I I can play a conga beat that's like like a Cuban style. Mm. I can play a conga beat that's an R and B style, and it all fits. It all works perfectly, mm -hmm. and it, all at the same time. Yeah, that's mm. what's so magic mm -hmm. about it, man. Yeah, that's great. That happened with the cha cha cha. Yeah, on the funky. Yeah. Cha -cha 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 -cha. And you will like, right? You got the like a cousins. 
you are just buzzing with rhythm. It makes so much sense to me. Even sitting here with you now, like I'm just like feeling that. And like every single person I think who was watching you last night was like, oh my God, you can't listen to your music and not want to dance. And I think that now listening to you and knowing you and, and putting all those things together, it makes sense that you would be the person that fits all of the things together so seamlessly all of these beats and do you feel that in yourself like was there something growing up like in your life that were you always this person who just, always always is yeah. something always is something happening in life and that's good mm. that's good because we are translating music the show is the best part the show is, is the moment of release yourself mm. of all everything just like in that place just part of the tribe we are just we are all together in the, in the groove and the people get together too so we start to be bigger 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 and, and that sensation is amazing that feeling is amazing and always always is the moment of growing of growing in, in things and realizing what is going on and being grateful for 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 the people around other part of that and I'm glad you mentioned this and for the people who are listening go on YouTube and find some performances some of your live performances because the other part of this there's the musicality but there's also the dance mm -hmm. right you're an amazing dancer and movement within the context of what the music's happening right and it, when the first time I saw you at South by Southwest what four years ago or so I, I immediately thought of Otis Redding from 1968, mm. like at Monterey, right? Or or James Brown at the Tammy Show, you know, in 61, right? It's like that's, you have that energy. But then also some Benny Moremus from Cuba, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that's part, that's also part of the tradition in both the United States and in Cuba is the dance part of it. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. You grow, you grow in a house with the people dancing. Mm. My home, my house, everybody was dancing. It's this kind of thing when you grow up dancing, and all the time was this confidence. My cousin is a great dancer of salsa, and my uncles too, and they was competing in the street mm. sometimes. Oh, uh, made, uh, <laughs> what I Racino. would give yeah. to, to experience mm. that. Where in Cuba was this? Pinar de Rio. Pinar de Rio. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you and you dance all the time. And my uncle, for example, he danced break dance too. He, he made all the break dance moves because mm. he loved wow. his music. He was the one that introduced me. Lionel Richie, Michael, and all this music. Mm. And yeah, I've been seeing them dancing all day long or everywhere. I can literally imagine it. Little yeah. you. Yeah. Just. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit crazy. <laughs> no, but you can see it. You, you dance with that. There's no holding back. You're, you've got the almost like the childlike energy of just yeah, like, was, I'm loving the music and I'm just going to dance. It was great times. We put a, a speaker, big speaker in my cousin's house. We put a big speaker in the, in the portal. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, they put music there, and it was 
competing with us, with my cousin, the friends of the neighborhood was competing in, in dance all day. <laughs> Every afternoon, we was like, yeah, she's she competing there. Also, it's a really good time, yeah. Mm. So it goes back to the to African influence of all the dance, the movement, the singing, the call and response, all of that. Yeah. Definitely. Does it feel different to you when you perform, when you're, let's say, performing in Cuba versus performing in the U.S. to a crowd that feels like there's, let's say, in Cuba you're performing to a bunch of Cubans and, and here you're performing maybe to more like African-Americans or people who maybe are responding, are they responding to different parts of your music more? Like Yeah, more? definitely. In Cuba, it's different than in everywhere because that's, that's everybody knows the songs. Mm. Everybody feel every every word of what I'm singing. Everybody feel that kind of, of words and that kind of message. Everybody understand it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And and everybody got their own part of, of what they prefer to to flow because, for example, in Cuba, my uh, the 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 crowd, the fan the fan base, is super uh, different. Mm-hmm. You can go to a show and, and see people from 50, 40, 60s, uh, 20, 30, uh, 18. And like this kind, this range is like a lot of people from every mm-hmm. from every age, and and everybody does on their way in their moment. And here in the state, is almost the same, just that the people got more reaction on the on the on the one. Mm. And it's natural because it's more the funk, and that's the people got inside here more than that we got there in Cuba. So every time that we hit the one, the people feeling the sample wow. from, with the relajao, with the caramelo, with funk aspirin, for example, from the alimento, they you feel the people just hit, <laughs> hitting the one <laughs> and, and and jamming with that. Yeah, it's a really nice reaction. In Europe, it's also. In Europe, it's a, it's, a, it's a mix of both because they got the Afrobeat is really big there. Mm. So every time that you get in that, every time that you get there, the people start to chill and, you know, this this hippie vibe, and you feel it there with, with this groove specifically. And then you grow up from there and you start to give them all of it, all this, the rest of the scene, but you give them before that, that food and they, they start to to deal with that and then you can give it every, everything. Wow. It's just interesting. The, I the, love that. The dance personalities of the countries I and know. cultures. I'm like, oh, you that's what do I see. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they're feeling that way. That's the way that I see them. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm like, it is what? It's noon here. It's 9 a.m. LA time and all I want to do is go out dancing right now. Like, <laughs> that is how <laughs> I've been listening. So I'm like, okay, let's go. Vamos. The, the body <laughs> asks you for that, give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we've been talking about all these connections to Africa through the music, through the dance, uh, through your experiences. Tell us about your name. Sima Funk is also a direct connection to your African culture and your heritage. Mm. Well, yeah, definitely. Sima uh, came from the Maroons, the the the, the word uh, from Sima Run. In for us in Cuba, is the Maroons, and as mm. you say here, and for. For me and for us in Cuba, we, and the people from Cuba, we we believe that the Cimarron have a big influence in all the Afro-Cuban behavior and the Afro-Cuban culture in all things. And e- explain what Cimarron is. Ah, okay, yeah, <laughs> Cimarron was the slave that escaped from the house, 
the when in the slavery time they was living in the in the house of the master or in the outside of the house of the master but they was in chain and stuff the Cimarron find a way to escape from there and he ran into the forest so it was a couple small village in Cuba and pretty famous actually when they would they have like a small societies of maroons living there and it was creating like a new way of live because it was different tribes from Africa getting there together it was a really interesting way of life it's not it's not a lot of documentation because they didn't know how to write mm-hmm. but it's many crazy histories but it's other history more reasonable mm-hmm. and yeah it was really interesting for me seeing that people like creating the the base of the of the afro cuban but in freedom so i take sima from that especially also from my my grand 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 grandparent that was a slave in cuba and and once i start to get more in touch with all my my ancestor i just get obsessed with that i say like i got that's that's my main thing so i take sima from that mm. and funk because it's i told you it's almost the same for me in the way that i see that the funk is the heritage from africa after all transformation from gospel soul r&b all the all this music style the funk arrive and it's like a danceable crazy part of all this seems and and between the funk and the rumba the, the funk and the timba all the danceable style from cuba with the funk and they are, they feel like cousins so for that reason i take sima funk before that my name was eric funk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the funk is i've been always about sima then i just get sima and it's, i love it do you feel like all of those different things like you're naming huge musical traditions and it, it, traditions of people you're talking about these big things of your ancestors and all of the things that they've experienced like do you feel that in yourself like do you feel that weight in yourself and yeah in certain certain way i seen yeah of course definitely definitely i just i i i'm not focusing in conscience of the way that i feel about that but because i just i'm i'm part of that mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just one more i'm in my room and and she's doing what the soul asked me and 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 it's part of that it's, it's, it's also the music when when i put the first album it wasn't nothing like that happening in the in the environment in cuba at that time so everybody was running to doing something that everybody was saying like it was the 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 mainstream music at the moment and I, it was reggaeton or timba or yeah mainly that too mm-hmm. so everybody was doing was running to doing reggaeton and I was like I want to do music but I don't want to do what everybody's doing. I love funk and I love this. I'm going to try to do my a different scene for two reasons. One because I like it. I make reggaeton already. I like it now this new this new step and two because it's better for business because if now if everybody's running to that way just go to another way. <laughs> you're going to be more <laughs> you're going to have more probabilities. Let's talk a little bit more about your childhood and how the Cuban culture was connected to Africa and how you were raised. You mentioned your great-great-great-grandfather was was an, an enslaved person. How did Africa become real in your life as a kid? We never talk about Africa in my home, you know, which is every time I remember that I was talking about Africa was for, because we got the, for the food. I was saying like a... Just say thank you because African kids, they eat the small rice from the floor. <laughs> it's like, yo, this kid, this, they really had a problem. <laughs> we fine. And that was the main reference to Africa, unfortunately, because we didn't have the, the information of, of for real what, what African is. But then I started to grow up 
And I start to understand more and I start to see the reality. And I was like, yo, that's great because at the end, we grew up in that way. We grew up in a big family with the, my grandma, my mom, and the, the sister of my grandma. They was like the main head of family. Every Sunday, everybody have to go to the house. Every day in the afternoon, my grandma, she, she have a seven son. And every son have to go, even if you live independent, you have to go every afternoon to see uh, to the house to see my grandma. Sure. But that kind of behavior of tribe, we I grew up with that kind of flow, with that kind of mindset and spirit set. So today, my we are a big family. We still like being a big family tribe. We still trying to keep that heritage of of be together, of be able to see each other, to to share each other, to to be together, supporting each other because. That's the way that we grew up, and that was the way in that in that time. Because when you when you start to see more history about Africans, it was tribe. Everything was a tribe thing. Everything was a tribe. Everybody would have their own like a their own position in the tribe. And, and yeah, in my in my in my family was was women's women's. Mm -hmm. My grandma, the sister of my grandma, my mom. They was the head. And my my aunties. The woman was the head of the of the family in my, my family, and they they did it great. They did it good. How does the fact that that's the way that you grew up, how does that influence how you move in the world, how you use your music, how you interact mm -hmm. with people? Yeah, it's, that, that's, that's, that's everything. Because at the end, it's a collective, it's a big team. I got, I got a big team and every day is more people in, in the team. But I start to feel pressure at some point. But at the end, it was like, hey, yo, just... Let's just have the tribe mind, the tribe state, and it's going to be fine. And that's the way that we are together mm -hmm. with the whole team, with the whole band, which is a tribe. We, we, we take care of each other as like family, and we mm -hmm. communicate each other as like family, and we take, we take care of us. We, we figure out the way to be connected and be happy together. Mm -hmm. The people feel that when, when you make a show, the people feel that we got this connection and we are together. Now we for real together, and they feel that in visual, but they feel that in the groove too. And when they feel that, they just want to be part of that because everybody want to be part of of people of more. So we just get more and more people into the groove, and you see in the show, 20 minutes after the beginning, everybody just in the tribe state. So it's like everybody just one, nobody cares nothing else. Everybody just moving with us and just feeling that groove. That's beautiful. That's amazing. As someone who grew up in a very strong matriarchy, I understand the influence is powerful. It's all about you have to put your people first. You have Definitely. to put you have to put the familia, the tribe, the, the, the community first, always. Definitely. That's the only thing that you got. You know, Anna, I've always been moved by the way that 
Sima Funk and his band have been collecting these fans all around the world, gig by gig. And as you just heard right now, he's just adopting everyone, making everyone part of the tribe. Like that sense of family, that sense of community, as we heard, is driving his mission. Not only is he so focused on the family element of his music and the way that it brings his band together and the audience together and all of these things, but I was so struck by that moment where he talks about the difference in the crowds he's playing to, too, and the the ways that they respond and connect with the music that he's playing. And to me, that's another level of connection and community building and family, right? Where he's like, no, these are my people, and I want to pay attention to, to how they respond and communicate back to me what I'm giving to them. And I just think that that has to be the whole thing, right? Like, that's the center of who he is and his music. And that intentionality, the things that he's presenting by way of his music and by way of his band and by way of all of the gigs is something that I think that just gets stronger and stronger and just bringing people together, that sense of community, that sense of family. I think that that's probably the biggest factor behind any and all successes that they're having as they continue to grow and get bigger. Next time you guys play together, I'm invited, right? Yes, you are. Yes. No (laughs) doubt. No doubt. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to remind you that you are listening to All Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps us on track is Grace Chung. Our production assistants are Sophia Seidel and Jerusalem Truth. Our jefe-in-chief is Keith Jenkins, head of NPR Music and Visuals. You have been listening to All Latino. Felix, you've been away too long. You have been listening to All Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.